Hi, and welcome to Podiatry Practice Mastery. Uh, my name is Don Pelto, and I have Giselle Singer here. Uh, welcome, Giselle. Thank you, Don, for having me here. Um, so let's talk about business. <laughs> yeah. So your, your background is in billing and really helping people to bring in, in more revenue. So um, you work primarily with podiatrists, is that correct? That's right. We only do podiatrists, yes. And, uh, and that's, that's the benefit is, is finding someone that only does podiatry, kind of having that niche. And uh, you have a, a book. And so what I've asked you to do today is kind of talk about some, some really actionable items uh, for those that are listening to us. And, and you'll tell them about your book afterwards. So let's talk really like what's the biggest thing as you're getting in and, and meeting a new doctor? What are the, the most obvious things that you see that some things that they can correct or they should be correcting? Uh, educating the front desk. I think I noticed that uh, front desk lack of understand of the revenue cycle altogether uh, creates a lot of free cash flow problems. And for example, it's understand the eligibility verification, which is simple. You know, nowadays uh, insurance make it so available through online portals and, you know, where it's so easy to make. In the past, yeah, you need to make phone calls, but now it's you can use technology to have this very quick. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of practices still not doing that and doctors doing procedures that it's uh, expensive and it end up not being called or not, not being uh, covered or required an authorization that was not granted, you know, before, you know. And other areas of uh, the front desk as well, beside eligibility. Um, understand the basic of, of, uh, uh, of billing, for example, what is a copay deductible, why the patient has a deductible, why the patient has a copay. Well, how to explain it to the patient, too. Absolutely. You know, so those are things that I see and understand insurance coverage, you know, like uh, what is an HMO plan? What is a PPO plan? What is a Medicare? What's a Medicaid? So front desk is very confused. What means a secondary, you know? We see uh, from that getting um, prescription ID and reported to us to bill as a healthcare, you know, mm -hmm. which is not, this patient is not covered, that's a prescription, you know. Okay. So they, it's just a lack of understanding of the front desk, you know, uh, to help with, with the job. So let's, let's assume that the, the front desk is doing their job because as doctors, we always just assume that it's being done. And, uh, but it might not be, but I, I totally agree. Um, let's say you're actually talking to the doctors now. Um, what are some of those things maybe either that we're, we're billing incorrectly or things maybe that we could be billing for that we're not billing for? Talking about just normal uh, in-office visits or procedure types of things. Yeah, so doctors, uh, this, the portion of the doctor, uh, the doctors also need to understand a little of the guidelines. What I like is to um, make a... Um, highlighted to my doctors is you need to understand what is the top usually doctors have one or two maybe three carriers that are the main revenue maker for their practice mm -hmm. it's very important to identify who are those carriers that bring the revenue the bulk of your revenue and then understand what is your top 10 procedures that bring revenue for your practice once you understand that then you need to learn what do you need for reimbursement of those top 10 you know and, and then understanding, navigating through these guidelines, it's, uh, it's crucial for revenue. So we see doctors um, uh, 
because of this lack of understand, code, the, the notice does not support the coding. So then uh, when insurance requests for notes, supportive notes, or if the doctor's been audited, so that's not sustained these coded bills, you know? And also understand when to bill, mainly when we're doing orthotics. So I believe 80% of the doctors, they bill incorrectly for orthotics. Usually orthotics are billed uh, when they're casted. The doctor usually bills for those orthotics, which is incorrect. We, in healthcare, you cannot bill pre-bill. You need to only bill when you provide. You didn't dispense, so you cannot bill for it. So you can bill for casting, which many doctors also miss billing for casting, you know? So it's um, understand also what's on your package of service, why you can bill for it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then have these protocols into the practice so things are not missed to bill and not um, billing correctly. Yeah. And, and so in some of the most like successful practices that you see, what, what are some of the main revenue generators? What are the, what are the top 10 things that, that we should be using for code? Oh, that's a lovely question. Uh, the, the, the practices that are over a million dollars revenue generator, the app practices they are uh, doing have, like if the doctor's interest in sports, you know, medicine, they are having orthotics, they are having DME devices. Doctors that are interested in um, wounded treatment, the Apigraphic, you know, um, uh, that's a high reimbursement and also wound dressing, you know, they are mainly a high revenue maker. And I see doctors that are strong a little bit or they are just average, you know, they are not like in the, um, a million um, range, they do a lot of routine food care. So what I tell my doctors is, do not tell anybody that you do routine food care. They will come to you. You gotta promote for your patients these services that are high revenue generated, you know, so that your patients know about those services and attract those patients to your practice, you know? I, I think that's great. So I just wanna be clarify for everyone listening, uh, for example, if you do wound care, it's not just debriding the wound, it's then dispensing the dressings. You actually make more from the dressings than you do for debriding the ulcers. You can't make it to the, for a single doctor over a million dollars by just doing debridement. You have to be dispensing other things with it. Is, is, that, is that what you meant, right? Absolutely, yes. The, the wound dressing, and now we see high reimbursement for uh, the we call the Q-code, which is the Apigraph material, which uh, we see reimbursement for one application uh, of these uh, range like 10,000, uh, 25,000 I've seen, you know, depend the size of the wound. But this is a treatment that uh, I know that is not exciting. I don't like to see the pictures, <laughs> but um, that is generated high volume of revenue and you do application every week for 12 weeks, weeks. So just make them do the math, like one patient, if you get $10,000 for one patient application every week, 12 oh, weeks, wow. you know, so you have a good revenue. It's expensive as well, but you have a high reimbursement, you know? Yeah, and, and I think I was talking to a guy the other day, 
they have like a verification line too that supposedly works, right? So you're not going to have to eat one. That's the big concern for a lot of us of doing in the office is what happens if they don't cover it, but they have a pretty good verification process. And, and with having a good biller, you can help you determine that, right? Yeah, well, that's I, I, that's a lovely question as well, because why we recommend our doctors is when you sign up with a lab, make sure that this lab is checking uh, eligibility, get authorization if you need it. And if you do not get reimbursed, they, they would refund you, you know, the money that you pay for it. We do have doctors that uh, work with lab that way, and we send back that the insurance is not paying uh, for, because it's not covered, and the they lab is refunded the doctor, you know. So it's important to do not sign up uh, with any lab that will not refund you if you don't get reimbursed. Now, when you're when you're talking about lab, you're talking like for like aplograft and grafts. Lab, you mean also orthotics and AFOs that they refund them for those two? No, no, no. the yeah. orthotic AFO is different. Yeah. Orthotic okay. and AFO, uh, they would uh, you need to build a um, um, like you cannot get this this reimbursement, you know. Yeah. So then, uh, no salvage claim that you call, you know. So then, when you build as a no salvage, you put on the claim the field 19 that's a tip right there and that it's a no salvage claim uh so that uh the insurance uh pay for it it's a game it's outside gambling they, they are not required to pay yeah. you know um but you should send it and and most of them they pay for it you know so so we talked about wound care um now about our practice is more like sports medicine so within just to clear be clear again it's not just doing office visits three and four level office visits to, for sports medicine, but it's more the other stuff, maybe orthotics, like in, in Massachusetts, orthotics typically aren't covered. AFOs are getting to be a little bit more restricted and we have to send them to like hangar for AFOs. But we, but amnio is something that we, people buy or we, they pay for. And also shockwave is something that produces a lot of revenue. Those are the ones that I do. Are there other things within the sports medicine practice that you're no, seeing no. With, tips you, you, with those? You are on the right track, you know, the AFOs, the, the problem with AFOs is same and similar, that it's now doctor, there's a lot, so now we get into same and similar. And then those same and similar, it's, you need, you can, you can check the DMU website and you can, you know, look if the patient already had it and also ask the patient to sign an ABM. Now, there is other thing that uh, uh, if the patient lost the device, you can send with modifier R as river, A as apple, that tells that it's a replacement and uh, the insurance will pay for it, you know. Not always, you know, sometimes they also deny, say, same is similar already, and then we need to dispute. But uh, it's same and similar as the callous for AFOs, you know. Okay, okay. Um, so, so talk to me a little bit about what are, so those are the main things I think our office does. Are there other things that other offices are, are doing, um, doing really, really well, or things that I'm, I'm kind of, we haven't talked, like maybe do they sell shoes? Do they sell other types of things? Or I don't know, what other things that are, are the really successful practices doing that? You yeah, shoes, uh, it, we, we have notes of dropping shoes uh, through our doctors. And actually I thought that's interesting. I asked, we have a, um, yearly meeting where we, we discuss the, the revenue of the practice, the trend, you know, and um, the weakness, the strengthness. And then one thing I noticed is a drop of um, the, the diabetic shoes. And doctors are saying that the lab is 
not very uh, friendly with them to return and they are trying to shy away from it. Um, so more, I think L3000 for sport medicine, I think is the main um, revenue maker for most of doctors that I see. Orthotics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or not exactly L3000 orthotics, should I say? Yeah. 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 For us, it's a big, it's a big revenue. Now, when you, do you ever go visit practices? Like what are the practices that are doing a lot of them are, what are they doing? Well, are they better at explaining? Do they spend more time? Do they use presentations? What types of things make those, uh, like some doctors do 60 a month, others do 10 a month. What are the, what are the characteristics okay. that it do? Is, it's, um, that's what I also like, I mean, work with even my clients that with, uh, podiatrists had, or should I say medical in general, like they have a hard time collect patient payments up front. And talking so, about money. Exactly. Talk about money. That's where I think practice that they are not doing so well, strong and practice are very successful. They have no problem uh, discussing money with the patient. And I think that's the key component because a lot patient has a lot of responsibilities nowadays and insurance makes uh, very difficult to the doctor to fight for the money sometimes. So having the patient aware of the possibility of um, uh, payment by, you know, giving an ABN, so these services might not be covered and you are, might be responsible for amount X, Y, or Z, you know, and the patient and get a deposit, you know, Get a deposit for your tactics because if the patient changed their mind, you're covered for your costs. You know, you don't lose money. And um, educate your patient about your policies. You know, that's the communication with the patient. When is that uh, upfront and clear? You know, it, it's so smooth, you know. Mm -hmm. I tell the doctors to the, the upfront payment, which I address in my book, you know, it's so important uh, with the revenue come from patient of a practice that has no uh, problem uh, collect patient payments upfront is like at 40% of overall revenue in average around that, you know, it's a high amount. So doctors that are missing that, they are actually having to pedal a little bit harder to get this money in and then need to involve the collection company, which patient get upset and they put a note on the, you know, Facebook about this doctor that is annoying, you know, hunting for the money, you know, which when you have the upfront payment, patient will be happy because now the patient receive a refund payment because patient overpaid, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't need to deal with collection agencies because, you know, it's all take care up front, you know. So it's a win-win uh, for the patient the doctor. How about credit card on file? You think that's a good idea, having a yes. credit card on file? I, I totally think it's a good idea. There is a uh, credit card on file that is, uh, you need to work with a reliable uh, software that you can track these because of security. You know, you don't want that to get stolen and be, um, you know, expensive, you know? So that's a concern, but if you do work with the software that does have the privacy and the security that you can rely on, definitely I would suggest you keep on file. Dentists, they do that, you know, why you cannot do it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I have, I have a friend, he does that. He says it makes it so much easier and he just requires a credit card on file. 
And yeah, we have clients doing that as well. And we send the first statement. If the patient doesn't pay the first statement, automatically charge uh, from the credit card. Yeah, that, no, that's a good idea. So tell yeah. me some of the other um, good points, some of the high points in your book uh, before you tell them how they can get a copy or learn more about it. Sure. Yeah, so um, I like to present the revenue cycle, you know, from the, the beginning, where is the market, when everything started, when you bring your client or uh, patients to your practice, to uh, the end results of, you know, the review of your reports, you know, everything, everything in between, it's, um, it's part of your revenue cycle, you know, so that's we address in the book, your front desk, you know, the doctors themselves, you know, uh, they preparing the notes, the compliance notes, and the software they use that uh, it's very important to uh, creating the revenue, you know, to, to the document, the notes and the billing. And also talk about your, the back offs, you know, the compliance of the back offs, importance of reading those letters that come from the insurance, you know, that we see a lot of recoupment letters, mm -hmm. you know, insurance requested, which is a big revenue maker, you know, that docs need to, I see a tendency to hide this information because not hide it, just not give importance and just put away. And we see money's taken from the AR because nobody responded to that, you know to that uh, letter. So we, we address in the overall revenue. It's a very quick reading uh, book. So docs can understand the whole process and then with the goal to implement change in the practice and be successful. Yeah. So Giselle, I guess, I guess the question is, um, when, how do you make a determination? And this, I'm sure you get a question a lot because I referred someone over to you recently. People have a hard time finding in-house billers sometimes someone you can trust and things like that. How do you determine to have in-house or versus having someone external like yourself? Um, what are the, what are the, what's the conversation that doctors are having? Yeah, so if you're doing in-house billing or you're outsourcing your billing, it's, it's, it's the same, you need to find the match. So what I tell the doctors is you need to find out why you're looking for this billing. You, what kind of work, outline what kind of work you're expecting before you go look for it. So once you have why you need it specifically, you wanna you wanna submit the claims and the person wanna do follow up. You wanna you know break down what you need and look for the match. You know, so a billing company as in house billing both can be you know can make you or can break you. You know, I have seen in house billing uh, really damage the finances of doctors, and I saw a billing company doing the same. So you needed to. Uh, you know, be aware of the both possibilities and work with people that know they're doing, you know, um, don't like I, what I'm very uh, concerned about billing services that are very cheap, which they charge and say 3% or 2.99%. So my concern is what quality of people are work on that. So if the doc, if you, you're paying $500 for a billing, how far in quality of people that goes? What kind of quality of people work on your claims? The same of people you're putting into working your billing, you wanna pay $10 an hour, how much information this person know and how much is the person prepared? That's your cash, you know? So you need to be conscious of it. I think, that, I think that's great. It's, it's the same $10 staff or $20 staff or $30. You, know, you get what you pay for. And with billing, that's where 100% of your revenue comes and having the experience. 
Great to know. Um, if people want to learn more about your book or your website, maybe they can get the book there. How, where do they learn more? Yeah, so this is a copy of my book I have here. So you can find my book in uh, um, Amazon. Okay. So you can search uh, business, the business side of Podiatry Revenue mm -hmm. or Giselle Sanger, you come up. And also have my website, paradoxmrc.com. Great. Thank you so much. It's been very fun, very educational. Thank you, Don. Nice talking to you.